Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is The Big Show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. Hey, I am uh, super excited. It's a crazy week here in uh, in my little world, and uh, I know people that listen, they're like, I know, Jamie, we keep hearing it every day. Um, you, you bring it up. Well, I, I'm just excited. It's the big thing. It's our first big show that's, that's coming back, um, in-person meet and greet, in two years. You know, COVID's been real real tough and uh, at least for us um we normally do charity events and live show art shows and whatnot you know uh, every other month if not every month um and then COVID happened and i just i've got some health stuff that you know i for those who don't know um my wife danny makes sure that you know when COVID happened uh big time her and my doctor, everybody was like, well, that's that, Jamie. You're not, you're not going out in the public. That's just, um, you know, <laughs> that's the way it is. This will all blow over in a month. Don't worry about that. That was two years ago. Uh, so we're back, uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend. It's the first of two shows this month. And I just signed contracts for, um, I think, two or three additional shows over the summer. So, you know. Uh, we're busy. And I'll tell you a little secret, too. Um, for, for, I don't know if this affects the whole art world. It, in our world, it does. Um, these gallery owners, they always assume, I don't know who they're used to dealing with or whatever, but they always assume that I've got like, you know, 50 paintings just sitting around here on the shelf and back stock. Oh, yeah, well, we'll do a show. Just yeah, grab some of that stuff you have on hand there. I don't have any of that stuff on hand. And they always come to me. I am always the second prettiest girl to dance, I guess, because they always come to me and say, you know, um, we had somebody drop out or this happened or that happened. Can, can, you know, can you get in here? Can you slide in here? I'm like, well, when's the show? Oh, two weeks, you know. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'll just knock out, you know, 20 new paintings. and two. I'm not complaining. I'm very fortunate that this is my life. It's what I love to do. And, you know, it's just. Uh, I'll sleep next. Uh, I've been sleeping for two and a half years. So what, what can I say? You know, I'm happy to be back. But so on top of that, so we do the the the, uh, the show here, the little podcast uh, in addition, you know, and of course, oh, you got all these paintings to paint. Let's schedule five shows this week, Jamie. How about that? How about, and you know, I'm not complaining because I, I really, it's nice to break up the day. And it's very inspiring. Our guests we have, um, and today is no no exception at all, these are people that are doing the, the most interesting, fascinating things, and I get to hang out with them for a little bit, and, and it's very inspiring, you know? I mean, man, you know, it is, um, it's just out of sight. Today is no exception. We've got a, a filmmaker, director, C.J. Wallace. Um, he's got a new documentary that's coming out. It's not out yet. It's, it's coming out. I was fortunate enough to watch it. I love this. Uh, it's all about a, uh, a legend that I didn't even really know about uh, until I watched this film. And I, I'm so impressed with him and the, the subject of the film and the film itself, the documentary. So without further ado, I'm going to quit, uh, you know, introing here. Uh, this, I'd like to welcome C.J. Wallace, director of Stu's show. C.J., how are you? Mr. Rocks, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. You, sir, are an artist. I loved your documentary. Thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, getting to check it out early. Yeah, that was one of the perks of the job. I, you know, I feel all important or something. I even started wearing big shorts now I'm... I'm not that Hollywood. Um, I live near Hollywood, but not the cool one, uh, Hollywood, Florida, uh, up from Miami here. And uh, <laughs> you're out in the actual real Hollywood where it's yeah, all it's happening and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot happening, that's for sure. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think they were all in this too. Definitely, yeah, uh, the, the Rolodex got a lot more interesting after this movie, for sure. That's amazing, that's amazing. Well, let me, this film, for those who don't know, this documentary is is about, um, and I'm probably, I hope I'm going to pronounce his name right, uh, Sue, uh, Showstash, is that, uh, the proper pronunciation? All right, yes, sir. right. And he was buddies and worked with and for uh, Lucille Ball. Um, amazing. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's been very lucky and and to have his uh, obsession funnel into something that turned out to be very positive for a lot of people. Because um, he's, uh, you know, as you see in the film, he's very obsessive and very passionate about. Uh, you know, the big things and minor things, and that can go one or two ways for people. And uh, luckily with uh, Lucy, it became a very beneficial thing that he's uh, hyper-obsessive with uh, everything that he loves. And, uh, and um, yeah, he he definitely got a special opportunity. There's not too many people that were in her, in her, her real inner circle like that. And um, he's got stories for days. I, I, I could have made a two-hour thing just out of the first half of the movie. Well, you know, I mean, you're into what you're into. I remember being a kid. Now, I grew up in the 80s. You know, I was born in the 70s. I'm definitely Generation X. Um, but, I, you know, I love Lucy was, was in, in our area. I was in Metro Detroit. I mean, it was kind of a mainstay on the, uh, the UFS, uh, UFS, UFH channel, if I can remember how to talk, um, in reruns and whatnot. And they were great. You know, you come home from school, there was nothing on, you know, game shows or soap operas. Nobody wanted to watch that. Um, but I remember Channel 62 had uh, I Love Lucy on and watched that every day. It was hilarious. And then I kind of, you know, during college, you know, I, I kind of just didn't watch a lot of those old, I didn't have access to them. You know, I was away school and stuff. And um, about 10 years ago, I wound up like a nitwit. Oh, my gosh. I had a hernia that I didn't take care of, you know, a typical guy. I'm like, ah, oh, it'll cure itself, you know. I'm not worried about this. Um, it didn't, and I wound up having to go into the hospital for uh, three months. Three months, man. And I had access to I Love Lucy there. I Love Lucy and the Beverly Hillbillies. I watched that every day. I, I was watching House, and then they put a thing on my TV where I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to watch house because I bugged the doctors when they came in. I'm like, Hey, do you think it's lupus? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, well, have you tried that? You know, maybe it's the third thing you guys are thinking, you know, um, but no, I, 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 I love Lucy saved me, man. I was going nuts in there. Um, I was long, 12 surgery. Well, anyway, if you, two, Two points here, folks. I love Lucy Rocks, and um, if you have a hernia, go get that stuff taken care of, man. It could be real bad if you don't. Um, believe me. Ooh. Anyway, so <laughs> what I didn't realize is, um, you know, and you think, because I just never thought about it. Stu, like, has all that stuff. He has all those old films, and, you know, he, he was right there. Um, and I don't want to give anything away from the documentary, but not only here's this guy who's you know really obsessed and into this you know and uh, and there's nothing wrong with that you know people are into what they're into um, and then you know you, there was some personal stuff and his 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 personal life that happened and whatnot I mean it was just such a it just drew me into this documentary and I couldn't stop watching it I couldn't stop watching it it was and it went to the, at the end CJ at the end of your documentary I said man that's it that, that's a, I want to see more. I said, what's it been, 20 minutes? And I look over, it's been 90. You know, I've been in this world. Um, and I think that's cool. I love film like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the feeling you want. You kind of want to get out on a high note, unfortunately. You know, if I would have put in another 30 minutes, you might have you hated it by the end. So I kind of like that you're at that stage. And also, you know, when, you know, when you're friends with Stu and, you know, you're in his little inner circle, you're just kind of used to everything. But then when you're having to cut the story to present to an entire world of people that, A, think classic TV is some alienating thing, 
and also B, Stu's very passionate, and uh, I've been describing him as kind of like Bugs Bunny. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you just have to make sure that that's packaged to sort of a certain way that's digestible for everybody. You just can't, you know, throw stew at people and just expect them to accept the whole thing. There's a long journey you gotta you got to get through with him. So, um, yeah, so the fact that – so if you, if that's how that – that made you feel that uh, that's that's as ideal as I could have ever hoped for. Well, it's it's it's, it's fascinating and whatnot. Now, you we were talking a little bit off mic before we came on the air. You grew up in Vancouver, right? Vancouver, Canada, across Seattle neck of the woods, um, but the clean side, right? Uh, I'm teasing. Don't send me emails, people. From you can say that. You know, that's an easy joke. You can say that about any Canadian border town. I grew up in Detroit. We had Windsor across, and it was like, it was like when, when um, uh, you know, if you watch The Wizard of Oz and it's all black and white, that's the Detroit side of the river. And then you go across the bridge, and it becomes colors. Beautiful, birds are chirping, no cars are burning. You know, it was amazing. Um, and that's pretty much yeah, a Canadian I border city, I think. I didn't really realize what I had growing up in Vancouver for 30 years or whatever until I sort of toured around America for 10 years and then kind of realized that we had like Colorado's mountains and like, you know, the beach and the water and bits of New York and a little bit of everywhere that was cool. We kind of had everything, but you have to like leave that to understand that you had it, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot J-A-M-I-E-R-O-X-X dot U-S. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In season one, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com, Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books, uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, The Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course, The Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool. Um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. 
Now, were you always like the film guy growing up? Were you like making movies, like Super 8 movies and, and video movies and stuff? Or um, was this something that happened later, your, your interest in, in making film? Uh, well, as Canadian law, you have to grow up with a hockey stick in your hands. So I played um, up to uh, like one level below NHL, um, and I'm 5'7 nice. on a good day. So I decided that, you know, that's probably not going to work in the long term to be a goalie that nobody wants that's too short. Um, uh, so um, over the course of time, my dad or my mom would always shoot the, uh, you know, some of the games, the bigger games. If you're playing, like, for a national team or something, they would shoot the games that I was in. And it sort of became a thing as I got less and less interested in hockey. It became more of like, oh, that save is going to be really cool to edit later on the tape. And it just sort of became like, it was just like, you know, the goalie helmets, the paint jobs went from like goalies that I liked into having like Pulp Fiction on the back or X-Files all over it. So there was, you know, it was a pretty clear transition that was happening. So my dad really shouldn't have been as shocked as he was when I had to like go up to him and break his heart and say that I wasn't going to play hockey anymore as a undersized athlete. Like, you know. Yeah, but you were you were like at that level too. That that's rough. I can only imagine. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Whoa. Yeah, that's the thing. Right before you make your dream, you quit. It's very confusing for people (laughs) that are close to you. But uh, you know, when they when you're the age I was at, and even still now, the goalies, if you're not six one or six two and two hundred pounds, you're like undersized. So. Like I said, at the time, I was probably 5'5", five, five, and God knows how much I weighed. So, you know, at a certain point, no matter how good you are, they're looking for a certain thing, and, and so uh, you have to pull the oh, ripcord. Yeah. Well, you you got to cover the space. <laughs> There's a, a yeah. lot of space if you're that. I'm short, too. There's a, I'm not making fun. I'm 5'6", and, and, you know, um, when you're that height, that, 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 that goal is big, <laughs> you know. Especially yeah. when there's fresh I mean, coming at you constantly. Right. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the movie business. It's like the studio people all think that it has to be one way uh, to be successful, or you know, the movies have to fit into a certain category or demographic, and and that's kind of how hockey was. It's like I could play just as good as anybody else, but these people were, you know, sort of warped into like that. You have to, like you said, you got to be six seven or or whatever. It's you know, there's limitations mm. and positives to both things, but you know, I, I came to terms with it a long time ago. So uh, I'm fine watching it on TV and, and playing a fantasy league with a couple of friends, and that's, that's more than enough. I got out without any injuries uh, that I know of, so it, it's all fine. Right. Well, I was a goalie. If anybody fought me, then it's like it was the excuse for the defenseman to jump in. Oh, man. My wife's really into hockey. My wife and her family. We're here in South Florida, and they're, they're big Panthers fans, uh, super fans. You know, they, they season tickets and all this. You go, and their name's on the seat and all this kind of stuff. And um, I just don't know that much about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good guy and, and smile and nod. And, oh, yeah, yeah, it's great. Which t- Why yeah. does the team switch sides? I don't understand that. And they're like, they just shake their head. Jamie, yeah, well, I mean, they, they, <laughs> they got a good team this year, but there's nobody there, uh, nobody there to watch them do it from from what I've seen. Right. But uh, you know, they'll win one playoff game, and it'll be a cool thing to go to, and like Flo Rida or somebody will show up to the or Pitbull. I mean, will show up to the game, and everyone will be excited. <laughs> or Lopez, Jessica Lopez, whoever. Oh yeah. yeah, a couple years ago, their big thing was. Kevin Spacey, and they got hard. They went hard. They leaned hard into Kevin Spacey, and they, everybody was in the e. stadium. We had Kevin Spacey mask, and then the controversy <laughs> hit, and it was like everybody was like yeah. so quiet. Just, all those masks wow. disappeared. Uh, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comments, I was smart enough. Now is not the time to joke about this, Jamie. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. their daughter. You know, right? Um, no, it's. Well, you know, that's one of the things about Lucille Ball, too, is, you know, she kind of had a reputation of, um, and not being a crazy, uh, you know, uh, stuff like, like Spacey, but um, but being real, real tough as far as work and whatnot. And then there was that whole stupid Red Scare stuff, you know, and it's like, gee, you guys just look for something, you know, I mean, this is a great 
woman, uh, you know, business person, and and making everybody in the world laugh. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Why do you want to mess that right. up? And as, you know. And as far as it, yeah, well, as far as industry people are concerned, and, and her having that opinion, that was an amazing segue, by the way. <laughs> you went from Spacey to that. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's it's <laughs> that was very well done. Um, I just think it's a thing of, a, you know, like we sort of allude to in the movie, the the, her, the director, uh, Herb Chenoweth, told Stu that she was, you know, uh, I don't know if we can swear. I don't think that's a bad oh, word. Yeah, but anyway, he says that they see. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Lucy's a bitch and you don't want to work with her and she's horrible and on and on and on. And then, you know, as you see, it's like he's like, I'm the one that could tell her what, what you know, where to stand and what to do. And then we show an immediate example of how he's, he's like, you know, saying the wrong thing and totally wrong and then right. cowers to her when she's just like very plainly being like, I think you're incorrect. And she's like, I'll do what you want, but I don't think it's right. And he sort of backs down. I just think this attitude with her and people in general, anyone that's a problem tends to be someone that's a threat to whoever is complaining about them. It's uh, it's either a lack of ability or insecurity or, or something like that. So Lucy being a woman and just knowing her stuff is, is to, to a lot of people that are just sort of coasting by, it's uh, that's a major threat to ego and, and their job security and, and – uh, and the easy time they've made for themselves. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, here's the so short-sighted. Again, trying to learn how to talk, folks. Um, you know, if I had access to Lucille Ball and I'm in, in the movie or the television business or whatever, um, or film in general, man, I would be sitting at her knee like, okay, uh, I got my notepads. What do I, you know, what an opportunity to, you know, you can, the next Martin Scorsese or something quickly. Uh, yeah, the lady who knew her stuff, you know. Um, and Absolutely, and it's just like it's screen. like right, and her just running the studio and running a sitcom at the same time, and and sort of informing the language of sitcom and and, and seeing how she adapts as generations change, and um, yeah, I mean, like you said, that's that's film school. That's the ultimate that you could ever hope for. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell us about Stu. Now, Stu, he's hanging out in Hollywood. He gets starts working for uh, Norman Lear, right? Selling tickets and everything? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, a cool yeah. <laughs> Definitely. There's a little delay, so I never know if, if I'm supposed to talk or, or keep going. Um, yeah, he was, uh, he's, he, a friend of his was doing three or four jobs, uh, at, uh, Macromedia Studios and, uh, and handing out tickets to people that, that didn't want tickets or didn't know that tickets were a thing or, or didn't want to plan ahead like that is, is a pretty horrible job to have, uh, eight hours a day out in the sun. So as you can see, when you see the film, Stu is eager to do whatever, uh, whenever with 110% gusto. So, you know, the ability to yell and scream on a sidewalk and get people's attention and make jokes, that's like, you know, that that sort of set him up perfectly for his warm-up gig that, that we see him take where he's warming up audiences for sitcoms and, and obviously leads to, to him doing his stew show. Uh, he was born to uh, stand in front of people and, and make them feel all, uh, you know, amped up and, and, and involved in uh, whatever he's doing or whatever's going on around him. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. He's got that magic. I, I wish you could bottle it and sell it. You know, you'd be a millionaire. Um, he's, he's fantastic. They do. It's five-hour energies. They're at 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> no, he, he was one of the first to do the whole podcasting thing, I think, before anybody really knew what podcasting was. Um, I didn't. I was not aware of that. And... Um, so he starts a show, the stew show and whatnot. Well, it, you know, a lot of stuff happened. And, again, I don't want to give things away from the documentary. I want people to watch it because it's so fascinating. And, um, you know, drops, just so people know, the documentary drops the 3rd, right, May 3rd, like next week. Yeah, definitely. And we have the pre-sale link up uh, right now. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be everywhere on, uh, like, midnight uh, on uh, May 3rd. 
Nice, nice. Yeah, I've got that pre-sale link to the uh, the iTunes. I'll be blasting that out, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we'll, I don't know why we don't have that on the show page here. I'm looking at the show page. I'm like, you know, why isn't that? It, it will be on the show page as soon as the show's over. That's when we can add stuff. And I'll also blast Thank it you. out everywhere uh, direct. Yeah, it's it's worth it. And, you know, it, it, it isn't that much, you know. I'll tell you. It's just a couple, maybe a dollar or so more than a pack. I was in the car yesterday. We're driving with my wife. Where the hell were we going? We were going somewhere. And um, I can't remember. Uh, we were going. To, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was in the car. And I looked over where the light, and I, there was a gas station there. I'm like, holy cool. Look how much a pack of cigarettes are. I guess I don't smoke anymore. Um, but I couldn't believe it. Uh, you can get good quality entertainment that won't kill you. How about that, folks? Uh, for just like, I don't know, 50 cents more. It's amazing. Um, I'm going I'm to save your life. Don't buy the pack of smoke. Buy the documentary. Pre-order it today. How about that? How about that? That's great. And this, uh, be- the second half of the movie, it might help you save your life, too. So you're helping people. You're saving their life twice with one pitch. That's great. That's <laughs> very true. That's very true. This, You know, it's crazy, the, the, the medical... We live in the, the most advanced country on the planet with, um, you know, all this stuff. And it's just, I don't know why it was, you know, you're right, the second half of the documentary. I, why does that have to happen like that? You know, I mean, it's just, it makes no sense to me. Um, oh, you know, I don't know. Any of these people making those rules up and those laws have never been in that situation is all I'm saying. You know, otherwise they wouldn't be doing that. Right. Wouldn't be doing right, and the thing Stu keeps sort of hammering in the raw footage that I don't know if it made it in or not, but he just keeps saying like he kept telling the doctor she's not a piece of meat, she's a human being, and it's like that sounds so ridiculous out of context, but like it, it's really something that you have to remind people of because it's just it's an industry, and yes, you ha- you care about these people, but you have to have a certain detachment that lets you exist day to day without, you know, getting clinically depressed, uh, you know, doing all these things every day and being around that type of energy. So, um, you know, like you said, if you're a hypochondriac, you don't want to get to the hospital. The whole thing is is the terror of getting to the hospital. But then once you get there, you don't realize all the things that could really go wrong that you haven't planned for that, uh, you know, there's a couple of things in the movie that, that, um, you know, you just you just sort of re-wake up to the fact that you need to have somebody around 24-7 or as much as humanly possible to make sure that uh, that you are getting looked after the right way or, or people are fighting for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember last time, it, it was, last time I went to the hospital was like two weeks after the world shut down. We had just gotten married, me and my, my, uh, my wife. Uh, we're one of those weird couples. We've been together forever, but, you know, her mom's Italian and, and gave us a hard time, said, you guys need to get married. What's wrong with you? Um, you don't buy the house and then get married. We did. Uh, but uh, to get married, I had, again, I had been out of the hospital for about a decade, and I guess, you know, <laughs> something changed. I had to go back in for a week. And uh, my poor wife, you know, she never experienced anything like that. I'm like, my big thing is I'm like, once you go in the hospital, sometimes you have to stay a long time. I don't like that. And sure enough, you know, sure enough, I was only in a week, but um, I was there, I remember, 30 minutes. I was in the room for 30 minutes, and the phone, the hospital phone started ringing, and it's their billing department. <laughs> hey, are you going to be able to pay for this room, buddy? You know. And, uh, right. It was, and there's, uh, there's a little bit of that in the there's a little bit of that in the film too. It's like you know they they forced Janine to or Stu to move her like within a minute's notice and find some place, and it's just like you're it's like trying to move a house within an hour. It's like it's impossible to do these things, and, and there's nothing you can do. And yeah, I I can't imagine. And now, folks, a couple of quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us.
Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rockin' reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rockscare, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings, from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. It's, it's crazy. It's, I'm so glad, you know, because I think change happens when people, because people don't know about it. I mean, everybody hears, they're like, oh, yeah, the medical system screwed. Are you kidding me? You know, we all know about it, blah, blah, blah. I think there's. You know, until you really see it in your face, that's when change happens. People are like, holy moly, that's really, that's crazy, you know. Um, and I'm so glad that your documentary is going to be out there to help bring visibility to, you know, these are things we could we could fix, folks. Come on, let's get on it. Get on the ball. Um, you know, before it's you in that hospital room. How about that, you know? You don't want that. Uh, I mean, you do. You want to be saved, but you don't want the the negative stuff. Anyway, anyway, um, one of the great things. And of course, like everybody's, everybody's understaffed or whatever. Like we, we, we sort of make the point oh, that yeah. we understand that a lot of these places are understaffed and, and have a lot of stress and all these things where there's no like finger pointing necessarily. It's just, this is what happened in this situation and what had to be done to look after it in one way or the other. And it's just, it's just matter of fact, it is what it is. And it's just, like you said, it's just sort of a, a red flag and, or, you know, a thing that just makes you aware of certain things that, that you should look at, look after in advance before anything uh, may or may not happen to you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, <laughs> when you're sick, 
and things are serious, you don't want all this other stuff on top of it, you know? You need to heal. I think a big part of healing, no matter what your, your, what's going on, is, is, is less, the least amount of stress, you know? Let, you don't need a bunch of nonsense um, on top of what, whatever's going on. It's just, you know, Absolutely. I don't know. Maybe that's just a novel concept, you know? What do I know? Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of, that's kind of the theme of the thing. It's like the, the, the comedy and the lightheartedness uh, during the second half uh, is, is sort of what, you know, like you said, we can't give anything away, but, but the, the, the idea of positive, being extremely positive in, the, in your mindset during situations like this is far more valuable than, than people give it credit for. It's, um, yeah, I, I guess I shouldn't. I can't say anything without giving away the where we go with it. But, right. Um, that's definitely that's definitely a theme that ended up being there once I saw the movie cut. Oh man, it's it's amazing. Well, you know, one of the cool things is like you had mentioned before, your Rolodex got real big. You know, um, can you imagine? Can you imagine what Sue's life's like? You know, sending out Christmas cards and stuff. <laughs> Holy moly! Just yeah. Filling out the envelopes. It's, you know, everybody, and everybody seemed to come out of the woodwork to uh, to be in this documentary. And I mean, you know, you're talking to Tony Dow and, and you know Butch Patrick. How cool is that? Who wouldn't want to have lunch with Butch Patrick? You know, are you kidding me? What a cool guy! Um, and it's just that's just a couple. There are like, what twenty or thirty people. I mean, I don't know if there's thirty, but you know, there might be. No, you're close. Um, I'm trying yeah, to it's close. We had yeah. thir- we we had thirty scheduled, but it was we were shooting during COVID for part of it, and obviously that generation was the most they were saying was the most at risk, and so everybody was, and it was at the you know the beginning of everything. So the the paranoia right. and and everybody not knowing what was happening was at an all time high. So. So, and obviously these are all rich and important people in their industry. So they don't, you know, they want to help with the documentary, but also they don't want to get sick and not be around. So uh, there was a couple people that were very cool that needed to not be involved that, um, that you know, we found other ways to get them in. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a tricky time. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, let me ask you this. So you had started this project pre-COVID and, um, you know, and, and CJ, I mean, you know, you're making films, so you got investors and you got producers, and you know, checks have been written, <laughs> promises made as well as you can. And then the world says, oh, by the way, uh, you know, global pandemic, CJ, deal with this now too. Um, that's got to be a crazy place to be, you know. You're making a big project like this. Did you freak out? Yeah, a little bit? I mean. Uh, honestly, not really, because the difference is with our company is that there's only three of us, and sort of, oh. and I sort of do most of the post-production stuff. So it's like we don't, like we don't have producers or we don't have people like that. We have like three people that just use their own money to sort of make these things. So it's <laughs> like nothing really happened. Like when it shut down, it was just like you know, and that was actually part of the benefit. This we have three other documentaries coming out this year. Because we we could wow. shoot during COVID, we had three people, so I could stand ten feet back with a zoom lens, and there's only three people there. I set up the lights, my camera guy sets up the other light. We got three cameras. We stand way back. We have people walk in after we're done. They sit down way away from us. Everybody sprays stuff in the air, and everybody's happy. And we shoot the thing, and then they go, and we it's fine. So it's actually, That's I mean, awesome. we had a as as busy production time. Uh, as as humanly possible. Like I said, a couple people couldn't shoot for the documentary just because they were susceptible to to what was happening. And uh, other than that, yeah, I said we we got uh, four films done during that time. So um, wow, yeah, it wasn't it, it wasn't amazing. that crazy really. So to That's your point, awesome. if You're you busy. guys. Not so to your to your point. If people can pick up the pre-sale links, that's very useful for a very uh, independent company. It helps us. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And folks, you know the thing is, is is I will I harped on this during the show many many times. One of, something we all got a very valuable lesson with this pandemic. What got us through? I don't know how they did it in 1917. Honestly, you know, it's like, oh, we're reading the encyclopedia again today. Oh my goodness, they had nothing to do. We all had Roku's and streaming, and you know, um, 
streaming services and whatnot. You know, we, we were able, oh, lockdown, I get to watch TV for, you know, a month. Okay. <laughs> I can do it. Right. <laughs> Could have been way worse. <laughs> and it's because yeah, definitely. Like you, filmmakers and whatnot, you know, got us through that. Absolutely. Um, just our sanity, you know. Uh, it's amazing. I am, I'm not in the movie business. I'm not in the film business. And, but since I started doing the show, I've made a lot of friends who are, and I, um, I was amazed. I didn't realize before I started doing the podcast, you know, I'd turn on a show or something or, you know, whatever. And, and say, yeah, man, they filmed this last month. You know, they, they had a couple free uh, nights and they just knocked us out. I didn't realize that movie time is totally different than like the time I'm used to out here in the, the world. Um, these projects can be like a couple years long, you know? Um, and CJ, I, you know, I don't know if you're married or you have a partner or whatever, you know, all I know is if I went to my wife and said, Hey dear, yeah, I got this project. It's going to be two years long. And she'd be like, okay, Picasso, uh, that ain't going to work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, luckily income. she's the co-president. Yeah. Luckily she's the co-president. So we're fine. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But to your point, it it is like to your point, it's like it it is like it's a situation where where it is a marriage. It's like you know, if you're going to make a movie with Stu, that like if you're just casual friends, you're you're going to be married to him for the rest of your life with the movie, and and very uh, you know very close for you know the last uh, two months or so. And for the next month, you know, doing the promotion and going around and and the movie, you're always you're always linked together forever. So part of the uh, part of the thing with with doing the movies too is making sure that you're telling interesting stories, but also that the people that are involved are good people because you really literally have to deal with them uh, for an extended period of time. So if you can't handle that part of them, it's really not worth doing the project because it'll drive you up the wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so glad you, you brought that up because I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you, and I, I was trying to think of a, 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 a gentle way to bring it up. Um, in my business, sometimes, you know, we have certain collectors and whatnot. And, um, and I've got some that, that have been collecting for a long time and I love them. I love, the, you know, I love working I love aspects of working with them. You know, uh, they buy a lot of uh, paintings. <laughs> it's great. Right. Anyhow, um, they're, some of them are difficult. You know, they, they want to be involved. They want to talk to you on the phone every day and, you know, all this and that and, and pictures constantly, all this kind of stuff. And that's, it, that's fine, but it does get trying after a while. Cause you're like, Hey man, I'm working. Let, let me just knock this out. You know, let me, let me get this done. And you now in your business, and making this, no see, because Stu comes off when you watch, you know, if you watch the trailer of this this documentary, you're like, man, that guy is high energy. He knows his stuff. He is on it. Was he like during the editing part, like, okay, send over all this and let's see how, because you know his name's on the door, kind of, you know, um, that's what this is about. The whole point of this was that difficult that relationship to to do, or did you know that going in? You know, you're like, yeah, I've been, I've done this a bunch of times. I know what, how to do this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been shooting documentary stuff for 15 years, and um, Stu had seen the documentary we did uh, right before this called Perfect Bid, uh, which when you say no one watched game shows, that was like, that was our first documentary, so that will be a tough sell on you. But we just got back on Netflix. It's about a guy that memorized all the prices on the prices right and then went and messed with them. Really? Um, yeah, Stu crazy. came to a screening of that. Yeah, his name's Ted Slauson. He writes, uh, he's a math guy for the government and writes, you know, like your SATs uh, in grade 12 when you guys, to decide how smart everybody is, he oh, writes yeah. the math questions for those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> My wife's in the game shows. My wife watches the games. It's like, hey, what are you watching, dear? She's like, ah, oh, this is, uh, you know, Password from 1974. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. this is what we're... Because I'm, you know, smart and I'm well trained. If she has the remote, we're, we're. I'm just glad it's not a murder show, you know, because um, I get kind of burned out yeah. on those with her. Um, 
especially she's. I can tell if she's annoyed with me, she'll put on the murder show. She's like, yeah, this one right. ran over her husband fifteen times. Uh, you know, well, that's her. and what we're talking about. What we were talking about before, that's like, that's the thing. It's like there's a friend of mine that uh, executive produced a movie for him, and uh, he's, he's like the next project. He's like, I want to make a, this movie about this murder that's in my hometown and this and that and that. I'm like, that's fine, but there's so much of that already. And also you have to live for two years every day going to a dark basement and live in this energy of this murder, and you have to make it fresh and real and interview people and relatives that are going to be crying all the time. And it's not and it's not being insensitive. It's just you're putting yourself through two years of a murder that happened in five seconds. You have to live that every day on and on and on. So it's just like to your point with that, it's – yeah, I don't. I, I think I think we've got a, enough murder at this point. With, uh, yeah. but I guess with streaming oh, and everyone needing content, it's never going to go away. Where people like people like seeing the the oh, the do. inner workings of crazy people. So I guess it's it is what it is. Yeah, but sometimes there's cool crazy people, you know. Um, right. Lucille, I'm not saying Lucille Ball was crazy. She was crazy about as you know as, as Tom Edison was uh, geniusly, you know. Uh, Hedy Lamar right. or something, you know, I mean, she knew her stuff. I tell people that all the time, you know, and it's kind of everybody knows it, I think. I don't know. I'm always surprised when people don't. I'm like, you know, Star Trek kind of happened. Lucille Ball, she was behind that, <laughs> you know. Definitely, you yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. You know. I guess I just like, like my no, crazy was... with gray hair. Yeah. With film cans and gray hair. you live I know you live in Hollywood and, you know, you and your wife, and, you know, you guys are probably hobnobbing with the hobnobs all the time, but you got to like sit down with some of the, the really cool people from like classic TV. And I mean, did you get a little starstruck or what? I would have, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you're just in the presence of legends, I guess. Um, with us doing the movies ourselves, we actually don't ever really go out. It's the only oh, time we really ever go out is to get groceries at Trader Joe's or something and like, and, and to go film these people. Um, but uh, to your point, it's just like you grow up watching Ed Asner and then you're in his house and he's sitting behind his desk and there's seven Emmys and one's holding the door open and he's got all these amazing old posters for movies he's been in that no one's seen in, the, you know, 50 years that are just beautiful. And he's just sitting there and you're just like, oh, it's Lou Grant and, and we get to hang out and um, yeah, I mean, and Tony Dow and and Michael Cole from Mod Squad is is ridiculous. Like to just listen to him tell stories about being drunk and and just goof around with you is just like it's you. It's why you do this business. If if you really love this business and you want to do it, those behind the scenes moments where you're just being a human with another guy that that you grew up watching is very cool. Um, I tend to not get starstruck. It's it's just more like. When you do, like I said, you do this forever. If you kind of at a certain point, you like you, you're sort of prepped to know that you're going to be around these people, and it's just more. It's just you know, you just don't want to go up and be like, you remember that episode where you did the thing? And it's like, you know, everybody does that. So you just find the ways in that that aren't the ways in that most people do, and and that makes them light up, and then you know, and then you're off and running. It's they're all they're all wonderful people and used to. Uh, all degrees of, of of maniac. So um, usually, me holding a camera, they, they, their defenses are down, and we get along pretty pretty okay. That's awesome. That is fantastic. Well, you know, you bring up a good point. I remember the first time I rolled into Burbank. You know, I I, I went to school in Boston, grew up in Detroit, went to school in Boston. Then I was like, I'm done with snow. Uh, let's move to Southern California. So I did. Right. And I remember the first time I rolled into Burbank, I thought. In my mind, because all I knew was film and TV, you know, I had no frame of reference. I thought it would be like the what I'd seen, like the back lot of, of MGM or something, uh, you know, guys carrying big things of scenery and, and people riding around in golf carts and with bullhorns and, you know, people in tra- actresses and movie stars and trailers and stuff. And really, when you go into, it's like an industrial park after industrial. I mean, there's all this magic happening that you don't see. <laughs> you know, it's just in. Yeah, definitely. All behind and the gate. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this is kind of boring. This, this isn't at all. What I, I, same thing happened when I went to the Sunset Strip in L.A. I was like, oh, I'm going to see all these rock stars and, and people and expand. It's going to be great. 
I didn't see any of that. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, yeah. where's the magic? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what, yeah, I, that's kind of what I joke about. Like you, you work your whole life to move to LA. And then when we got here, it was like, it was COVID and all these things. So like, you know, everybody was gone. Nothing was happening. You couldn't go to theaters. Everybody that was on the streets were, were like next level crazy because they couldn't get whatever they normally get or, or the, you know, all the restaurants were closed. They maybe give them French fries every oh, day. Yeah. So it's like, by the time I got here, it's like, it's this bizarro walking dead place, but it, everything's getting back to normal now. We, we can go into Mel's diner and, and do random, you know, there's a, it's getting back to normal for the most part. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I was watching a thing on the news where, I don't know, it was somewhere in, like, Southeast Asia or something, and it was, like, I don't know, Bali or someplace um, where it was a tourist thing normally, and they had all these monkeys that tourists would, you know, feed, you know, here's a hamburger, you know, that type of thing, which they probably shouldn't have, but the the animals had gotten used to that. And then when COVID happened, there were no people and no hamburgers, and they were – going crazy the, the animals you know they, they were starving and uh it was really yeah, bad definitely. i was like drop some uh jack-in-the-box mini tacos over them you know do what you gotta do folks <laughs> good you know right um, yeah definitely anyway anyway so this is a great movie it drops next week folks this is out you can pre-order it like i said i'll be putting the link up i want everybody to watch this if and every i don't think there's a person on the planet that hasn't seen some of these, uh, you know, I Love Lucy and whatnot. And you think you might know a little bit about, uh, you know, all this stuff? Well, you haven't met Stu yet. Um, <laughs> can you imagine him on Trivia Night? He's playing, he, he oh, yeah. plans on the Pink Pie Entertainment. He's like, oh, I got this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, like, he's untouchable. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And, actually, and, and that's how he met his wife. They met each other through a, a trivia contest. So it's like between the two of them, it's uh, you, you can't get away with much around them. They make me feel like a fraud pretty quickly uh, for not knowing every single episode that's ever happened in three generations of television. <laughs> well, you know, that gives us hope because we all have our little thing that we obsess over, um, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some people listening, you know, they're like, you know, I'm not calling anybody out or judging anybody. I'm just saying, you, you probably know a lot about Star Trek or maybe you know a lot about the Panther team. You know, there, this is just proof that there, you can find somebody <laughs> to match your crazy. There's somebody for everybody. And this is proof of that, you know. Uh, hold on to them when you find Very them. well said. <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, CJ, it's awesome. You know, you are so good at what you're doing. You know, that I know you know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Keep doing what you're doing because you're super good at it. You know, this is a cool you, – you think you got three other documentaries dropping? Yes, sir. We got uh, quarterback Jim McMahon from the Chicago Bears. Um, wow. uh, his life story, we're coming uh, – again, that's sort of dealing with team doctors, not so much as medical industry itself. Um, but that that sort of has a two-part structure to it as well. Um, and uh, we have a movie called Potty Town, that, that one I said it, we executive produced. Um, there was a guy in New York named Hank Robar who wanted to sell a property uh, to Dunkin' Donuts, and his small town interjected and sort of screwed him over. So he set up this artful display of hundreds of toilets with flowers in them and made this sort of like obnoxious thing that it became a viral story that, you know, if you, it's all over the internet, you know, every three months people bring this back up. And, uh, and uh, the other one is about a, a, a 80s video game called Tecmo Bowl. Um, we found the four best players okay. in the world and they all live in Omaha, Nebraska. And it's a, an extremely emotional story. It, the, the, the video game thing is, is sort of like a backdrop to this, uh, this crazy story. Oh, that's amazing. I can't wait to see all these. I'm telling you. My my wife's really into uh, – she goes to all these crazy conventions. She you know, cosplays her and her sister and all this and that. They're real into that. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm not complaining because all their friends – it's funny. They'll go to the, they'll have these conventions and stuff. And my inner 12-year-old, you know, there's all these really pretty women in my house dressing up like superheroes. I'm like – how did we get here? This is amazing. <laughs> you know? yeah. That's awesome. That's a win. You know? Yeah, that's a win for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, 
I'm not complaining. Anyhow, anyhow. Yeah, but I'll tell you, she, I know she's, uh, she's into all that kind of stuff, too, uh, video games and all that, you know. And she knows all that stuff. I have no idea, you know. I, I don't know. The last video game I ever played, CJ, you had to put a quarter in, you know. You couldn't sit down um, and play it, you know. Yeah, yeah. You were standing there. I'm an old man. They already oh, made a documentary man. about those games of the King of Kong. They already made that documentary with the with the arcade huh? style game. So I had to go. I had to go the next next generation up. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that was one of my, when I was a kid. That was my um, obsession at the time. Again, I was a kid. I was like, when I'm grown up, I will know I'm successful and have made it when I get that table, the sit down Pac Man. You go to a car arcade oh, and yeah. you see one of those. And I'm like, that is the pinnacle of success, you know. Uh, you have a DeLorean parked out front, and you got that sitting in your house as your dining room. Um, that was the plan. Um, we don't have either of those things. <laughs> My wife's cool, but she ain't that cool. You know, they think that. Um, oh. Well, you need, to, you need to work it into the set. You need to work it into your set so you can have it like as, you know, and put the mic on top of it and just BS it that way. Yeah. If it's for the show, what can what you say? Noise? What, about, what, are, what is happening yeah. here? Oh, nothing. Just, uh, I'm listening to you, honestly. Oh, I got the key. Yeah, research. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good idea. Oh, my gosh. CJ, hey, you guys keep uh, doing what you're doing because I can't wait to see these. You know, this this is amazing. And um, your website is 40fps.com. Um, we have that link up. And we've got the Facebook uh, Sue Show documentary. Um, but we will have, folks, the, uh, the iTunes where you can pre-order it. That's going to happen here in about five minutes. And uh, that will be there. And I'll just kind of blast it out. Hey, man, keep making films, CJ. You're real, real good. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you very much. That's the plan. Yeah. And best to Stu next time you, you know. <laughs> very cool. And, you know, all the hundreds of people <laughs> from these great shows that you had. No, no. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I'm We're going to try to do a screening out here in L.A. Um, pretty soon, I think. And, and I, I don't know if it will be public or not, but uh, – we're definitely going to try to get as many people out as possible that were in the movie and, and give Stu his uh, his proper premiere and red carpet and get him to take some pictures and force him to wear nice. something besides shorts. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You're successful when you can wear shorts every day. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, hey, anything I can do to help, just keep me in mind. I would love to, uh, you know, whatever I can do on this end. Um, I'm glad you're working with the uh, fine folks in October Coast there and everybody. They are awesome. Uh, very, very cool. Well, hey, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. I really appreciate it. You yes, sir. Rock. Any, ex- Any excuse you come up with, uh, give me a show. Will do. Will do, definitely. Um, very cool. Uh-huh. Well, there you go, folks. That's going to wrap it up for us today. This episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We're going to throw it out on all the social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. Wherever you stream or download podcasts at, we're on like six, I don't think it's 600, I think it's 590-something, but we're on them all. And you can, uh, you know, stream or download the uh, the show. You can always, uh, if you want to hear it ad-free, commercial-free, which, you know, some people do, you go to my website, there's a Patreon thing, you can look into that and figure that out. Uh, but, yeah, that's an option. But anyway, for those who are, you know, like the rest of us listening to it um, uh, with the commercials, do me a favor, use their code uh, because you can save a couple bucks, you know, save a couple pennies there on, on, on their products and whatnot, and there's always a code. And then you can take that savings and you can go right to the link that I'm going to post here in about three minutes um, where you can, you know, pre-order the Stu Show documentary. This is a very good documentary. You guys are going to dig this. Trust me. It's, uh, it's real, real interesting and well worth it, um, and well worth the time, too, you know? It's amazing. Very, very cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, we've got a uh, – hey, you know, speaking of Canada, we um, uh, briefly spoke of it today, you know, where uh, CJ is from. We've got a Canadian uh, singer-songwriter on the show tomorrow from British Columbia, and she's got a new single out, 
and it's just amazing. And you know, you'll want to tune in for that. I uh, we've got a lot of cool shows. Uh, her name is Sid Carter West, and she'll be on tomorrow evening, uh, eight o'clock my time, five o'clock out there on the uh, east, uh, the West Coast, I should say. And uh, very cool. Okay, well that's it. We will see you next time, everybody. Have a good one. And remember, the world's so weird. Be kind. Be nice. You don't. I don't want to see you on one of these Karen videos on YouTube, man. Just if you had a problem with something, just chill. Tell you what. Here's how you do it. You go home and write an email to their corporate. Because the person running the register, I can guarantee you, ain't sitting down at the big uh, shareholders meeting. They, they don't have no control over any of that. So just be cool. How about that? How about that? Be nice. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tama Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, de Harry Hicks from Sverige. Ocnilis Matil Pop Rocks Radio. Made Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.